Hey there, and welcome to the Heart of a Mill Spouse podcast, where we focus on re-sparking your inner purpose using empowered action and personal growth tools. I'm Jayla Ray Ardeline, your host and late career Army Mill Spouse. I joined this lifestyle later in life and the learning curve was gigantic. Since the day I said yes to this relationship over five years ago, I've been collecting and curating personal growth tools to support you. So excited you've tuned in. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Heart of a Mill Spouse podcast with Jayla Ray. I am joined by two special guests. This is the first time that I've had two people on the podcast at once, so kind of exciting. I am here with Candice and Mary. Candice, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Okay, so I am currently an Air Force spouse. We are stationed down here at McDill in, in Tampa. I met my husband while I was in school at UNC, go Tar Heels. Got to shout that out. Met in North Carolina though, but yeah, we moved around. So I currently work in TV. I met Mary while I was, my, my dad was stationed. We were in, in Virginia. So me and Mary went to high school with each other and have, you know, basically been together, literally together. We, me and Mary are in a relationship. Okay, guys. For real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ever since then, and you know, we are currently doing our podcast thing, you know, so and it's funny that we, like I said, best friends since high school, and we ended up both being military spouses, different branches, but military spouses nonetheless. Yes. Funny how that works out. Yeah. <laughs> Mary, go ahead. Okay. My name is Mary. I am currently stationed here in Hawaii, actually doing a geo batch tour with my husband. He who is stationed in Guam. I am a Navy sub spouse. Shout out the submarine life. <laughs> I have three kids. Let's see. I grew up in, born and raised in Virginia, passionate advocate. And like you, Jayla, I was nominated for the 2023 base winner for military spouse of the year. Yay. Well, I'm really glad that you guys are here and I guess let's just like launch into the MSOI conversation because you just brought it up, but <laughs> I, <laughs> so I did not go as far in that campaign as Mary did, but what I really admired about Mary's platform and what she was hoping to use that campaign for was this idea of empowering more and more military spouses and then I believe you also have a unique angle when it comes to parenting children with specific needs as well. And I, I heard that from you too. And I just thought that that was so, we need more of that. We, we need more military spouses who speak to that because I can imagine that changing up your environment like every so often and the unpredictability of military life is such a huge factor in your parenting. And I just, I really admired everything you had to say for MSOI. So that was mostly just praise, but we can move on now. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Of course. But one thing I heard you say on your guys's podcast was that you asked this question, which was rife with imposter syndrome was like, am I even on this level? Like, can I even do this? Is this even something that makes sense for me and where I'm at? And I wanted to let you know that I had the exact same questions. So I think it's super normal. And I think it goes back to kind of like new level, new devil type of however you want to like put that into words. 
but I appreciated your honesty in that area. So is there anything you want to share regarding imposter syndrome? Because I know that you didn't move on for the entirety of the campaign, but you made it so far. So I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I think, honestly, the main thing when it comes to imposter syndrome is just getting out of your head and knowing that you deserve the same opportunities that's given to everyone else, that you deserve to, you know, have a seat at the table and to know your worth. And that's what it comes down to, just getting out your own way. And for me being nominated, you know, for MSOI and making it to, you know, as, as a branch finalist, I, I, that was one thing that I took away was like, I was in my own way in the beginning because I honestly was not going to <laughs> submit my and accept the nomination. And had I, you know, I look back and it's like, man, if I hadn't done that, I probably, you know, I wouldn't have made it that far. You know, I would have no, never known. And I wouldn't have been able to have the opportunities to be into the MSOI community now where is so many networking opportunities in this place for growth. So I'm very appreciative of that. Well, and Candace, you're one of the people who nominated Mary. And I heard you say that. And one of the cool things that you mentioned is like, it's not just friends nominating friends, y'all. It's a little right. more like, <laughs> like, sure, there might be some of that, but it's, it's friends who back each other and who really believe in each other. And I heard you provide so much encouragement to Mary and it made me realize like, oh, these, these people have known each other for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, she's the best. <laughs> I th yeah, I think going going back to like her talking about imposter syndrome, what's interesting is one of the things I mentioned is you're not, you've been invited to the table at this point with the nomination. That's what it is. So don't focus on the fact of, you know, looking at what you lack or what you may not have in comparison to the next person. Somebody saw something in you. They saw you and said, hey, you need to be seen. You need to be honored and we're going to provide an opportunity for you. And so that it's like, that's the focus. That's the thing you have to focus on is that sometimes people can see things in us that we can't see, you know, and we, a lot of times we downplay the things that we bring to the table. We downplay the abilities we have not realizing that your strengths sometimes are things that are hard for other people. So when they see that they want to honor that they want to bring light to that. And you have to walk in that when you have the opportunity and not be, you know, so in yourself that you deny yourself those experiences and those opportunities that open up many more doors for other things that you had no idea was even an opportunity at one point, you know, but all because you walked in that door now the, the possibilities are endless. So I think, and like she said, one of the things she brought up was as much as we preach to other women, because it's so easy <laughs> sometimes, I think for us to encourage other women to go out there and, and have, you know, to be motivated and have the courage. And then it's like, sometimes when you're in that, you know, that, that same fight, it's like, mm, I see why people are scared. Like I'm a little nervous <laughs> myself. And then you, you know, you, you backpedal and it's like, no, no, we are focused on moving forward and, creating different things for our lives. And it's like, we have to practice what we preach. You know, we have to, we can't just be out here saying stuff and not walking in it. So I was very proud of her when she decided to go ahead and be like, okay, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> so it sounds like there was a little bit of deliberation where Mary was like, I'm not sure if I want to do this or not. <laughs> and it, it was more so just, just like, honestly, at times I can be very on the introvert side and just, you know, 
letting other people more people than I want know about me and having, you know, encouraging people to vote for me and stuff. I'm like, that's not me. So it was really, I was really stepping outside of my comfort zone. And I think that was more so it just, and then just not knowing what, what would come of it. And looking back now, like knowing that I didn't win branch, the branch winner for the Navy, I was in my feelings and having to process that. So it was just like, oh man, I, I don't want to go through this again. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm very humble and I'm grateful for the opportunity, so. Yeah, and I hear you. Asking people to vote for you is so uncomfortable. It's, it is. It's so uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable the entire time. <laughs> and back to going what what you said, Candace, about, you know, we, we have to practice what we preach, essentially. I... I had so many pep talks from friends during that time where I was like, I feel like I'm bothering people. I feel like it's like really self-centered and cocky to walk around and say, I need your vote. I need your vote. Look at me. I'm so awesome. And without those pep talks, I would have stayed in that mindset, but it was, it was a mindset shift from what I just described to no, you, you do have a seat at this MSOI table, someone saw something in you and, you know, why not go for it so that even if you don't make it on in the campaign, you know that you did everything that you could basically. And it, I mean, back to, you know, being an introvert, I'm kind of like an ambivert. I'm both, I don't, <laughs> I'm not like an extreme extrovert or an extreme introvert, but I, I knew that about you based on how you interact on your podcast and how you interact on Instagram. I was like, she is such an introvert and she is going hard for this. She <laughs> is doing this. And I was so proud too, because I was like, I don't really, I don't really know these women. And at the same time, I was like, it's clear to me that she's really stepping out of her comfort zone and going for this. So it was amazing to watch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> She's like, oh my God, this is so uncomfortable. Please move on. <laughs> when will this end? When will this end? <laughs> no, but thank you for talking about it. I hope to get like more people on this podcast to have this conversation because this is really like our Grammys, I guess you could say. I don't know. Some sort of awards show that we like know of. There isn't another one out there for military spouses specifically, like the Armed Forces Insurance, MSOI, that's that's really it. And so once you know that and you put that into context and you begin voting for people that you believe in, asking for people to vote for you, it the weight and the gravity of it, it's really easy to get like caught up in that a little bit and just yeah. think you know, is this as serious as it feels to me? And probably not, but, <laughs> but it is a really important opportunity, especially if you, you know, make it on and, and join the community, attend the event and, you know, it could open up all kinds of doors. So I'm hoping that it does that for you guys. <laughs> Same for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It was, it was a trip. It was a trip. So speaking of like podcasts, I'd love to hear, well, I'd love you guys to tell my podcast audience 
who you are, what you're doing, and why you even created your podcast to begin with. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but because the community of military spouses can kind of feel like a bubble sometimes, or it can kind of feel really small, even though it's not, it's like a giant group of people. But when you're on Instagram in particular, (laughs) it feels like a lot of military spouses have podcasts. Do you guys think that too? Or am I just imagining it? No, no, they they do. do. Yeah, Yeah, for real. It's like, oh, why did not know there was that many military spouses podcasts out here? Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what led you guys to, to start your own, even knowing that there are so many (laughs) in this community? (laughs) Trials and tribulations. Like, no, no, seriously. It was, you know, honestly, we were in a situation where both of us were at the time we weren't working. Sorry, excuse me. We weren't working and we were just having like internal discussions about the frustrations of like, oh my goodness, you know, if, if we weren't, at the mercy of the military for, you know, for our respective branches, we would live here and we would have this job and we would be doing this. And, you know, and so we, you know, when you're constantly venting and talking about what you would be doing if you weren't a military spouse and not that we're not appreciative of being military spouses and we respect our husband's careers and, you know, appreciate what they do. It was just like, man, where do I fit into this? Like, why, why can I not find my space here? And so we would have so many conversations, so many pep talks, and then it just, kind of fell into us realizing how many other people have these same conversations within this community and have these battles and hearing different women who were, you know, I I listened to and they'll talk about how they went in completely different fields than what they were interested in all because they were following their husband. So let's say, you know, all of a sudden they decide, you know what, I'm just going to work for the government because, you know, that's, that's the best. And, and, and let me be very clear. There's nothing wrong with that because that is a very good career, depending on what you're doing in the government. But it's just the fact that these are people who that wasn't their aspirations. They just kind of fell into that because that was what was most convenient as a military spouse who constantly moved. And so hearing, hearing those struggles, hearing certain people say that they completely gave up their careers because it was just too much. It just became a moment, I think, for us to be like, you know what? Hey, we're going through this now. We know where we want to be and we're very passionate about getting there. Why don't we take this and turn this into a podcast because where we can highlight some of the women who have done the things that we're trying to do and not necessarily directly, but just the goal of how they went from, you know, dealing with the constant moving, dealing with maybe they're altering their careers and how they spent that into something or finding out what their passion was and following through with it. And I'm like, the more we highlight these women who are going through the same struggle, but who have done it, it will give encouragement to the women who are in the process of trying to get there. And where you can see like, you know what? I I can do this. I just got to figure it out. We just got to work a little bit harder, but we can make our dreams come true. It's just that we're put in certain situations that it takes, it takes a little fight. Like if you, if you don't really want it, you're not, you're not going to be able to get it as a military spouse, to be honest with you, just because you have so much in front of you that's thrown at you that you have to fight through. And so I'm sorry. I, I know this is a long response. Go ahead and preach, <laughs> preach. <laughs> the, the Keep is, going. <laughs> we just, we just got to a place where it was like, you know, we need to take this to the next step. And that's, we were like, let's, 
take this and just, you know, creates a way for us to get these stories out there for us to talk about our journey as well. Because a lot of times we hear about people's journey after they made it. Right. And mm-hmm. so you look at them and you're like, dang, they got that. They got that. They got that. But you don't actually hear the struggle of what it took to get there. If you go through from the beginning of our podcast till now, you will hear the struggle. You will hear, you know, the things that we went through to get to where we are. And so we also wanted to kind of show that side of it as well. Like y'all are going to take this journey with us because we don't have it figured out. We're trying to figure it out. So, you know, come along with us and take this journey with us. And so we, you know, whether that was like us reading different books and just feeding ourselves, learning about different programs. And like I said, shining light, the name of our podcast, by the way, is shine since podcast. And that's the whole point of us shining light on the women who are out here doing their thing, you know? And yeah, so I'm sorry. I'm going to pass it along to you, Mary. Cause I, I don't have anything Stop else to add. So yeah, she was like, so let's do a podcast. And I was like, okay. And so here we are. <laughs> and you know, what's funny about even with us doing the podcast, I think our first episode that we were like, y'all, this was pre-recorded and we were so nervous as if we were on live TV. I was literally like, Why are we so nervous. Why are we so nervous? Like I was sweating and everything. It actually <laughs> takes a lot of guts to hit the record button. It does. And you guys have been doing this for a while, so it probably doesn't feel like that anymore. Or maybe it still does depending on the topic, but I don't feel that anymore. But definitely in the beginning, it's like hit record. <gasps> inhale and then like (laughs) and then you just kind of freeze and you're like oh shoot let me start over (laughs) right yes (laughs) yeah well I think we put pressure on ourselves too especially in the beginning we want to come across as well maybe you guys want to come across as something different but I, I wanted to come across as like articulate and like I was able to say what was on my mind and exactly how I was feeling because I wanted to do something similar with my podcast in that, like, it's not about like the beginning and the end of the journey. It's like about all the in-betweens and the, the struggles and, and the battles as you put it too. And it's like, you can't, you can't capture that if you're not accurate. And if you're not willing to take the additional step to try and be, I guess, articulate, I don't know. That's how I, that's how I looked at it, but I don't know if you guys. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, when you like listen to different podcasts and stuff, just to kind of get an idea of, you know, especially like the more popular ones to kind of, you know, figure out where you would fit in because you have some that are, they give a more natural feel where it's just no editing involved. It's just straight, you know, and then you have other ones where it, it feels it's, it's, it's scripted to a T and it's edited, mm-hmm. you know, and then you compare that and you're like, okay, well, where do we fit in? What is, what's going to be our sound, you know? So there's so many thoughts of just trying to figure out yourself, I think early on. And I don't know. And then you, then you have, I mean, for us, I don't know how it was for you, but I, I, at times I had this fear of who are we in the sense of who will listen? Like, it's one thing if Oprah decided it, you know, she's like, you know, I'm gonna start my podcast. Everybody's about to download that podcast, right? Because <laughs> Oprah has a lot to say that you will be willing to listen to. But it's like, for us, it was just like, okay, how do we, how do we move? And I think that's why it was a big deal for us to explain to people, hey, like we haven't figured it out. We are create, we, you will see the journey. You will see the change throughout this whole process. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point too. Like if we're talking about a celebrity starting a podcast, they already have a huge built-in audience. 
sure, they might need to determine which subsets of their audience is actually listening to the podcast and they're going to need to do their own metrics evaluation, but that shit is built in. It is Mm -hmm. there. And so like the success of the podcast is not really what's on the line. Right. (laughs) And I agree that like when, when people like us start a podcast and we're wondering who's going to listen, you know, what's the growth rate? Like what's an average growth rate that I should be shooting for? How do I find my sound? How do I figure out, you know, what kinds of topics and content I want to cover? Like those kinds of questions. It's a hundred percent overwhelming to figure all of that out just as like this small little entity. (laughs) And just these very normal people (laughs) trying to start a creative project. (laughs) No, that's so true. I don't mean to like turn this over to you, like on your podcast, Jayla, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, your listeners already know about you, but can we get to know you a little bit more? And how did you come about starting this podcast? Yeah, sure. Which is, yeah. Maybe I should say that more often. (laughs) I, I've known that I wanted to do a podcast for at least seven years or so. Maybe, okay. Maybe more like five years. I was like, okay, this is something that I want to do eventually, but I, I never knew what like the vehicle for it was going to be. I never knew how I was going to use it. I never knew who the audience would be. I just knew that like audio format as someone who also writes, who who's like a verbal processor, this, this was going to be my lane at some point. And in what was that 2021, my husband received orders for deployment. And that was actually our first deployment as a couple. And I was like, oh, okay, this is it. I'm going to record the deployment f- over the next 12 months. And we're going to record the journey. And Uh, Yeah, going back on some of those episodes, I'm like, this is so raw. This is like, it's not cringy. I don't think it's cringy, but it is very raw. Some of those (laughs) that I recorded because I was really deep. I was really deep in it. And it just, it just suddenly like clicked though. It just suddenly made sense. It was like, okay, we're going to start the podcast as an open-ended journey of deployment and what it's like to experience a deployment. And since then, it's been a lot of other things. It's not just about deployment. Obviously, we haven't even talked about it yet, but it, that's kind of where where it started for me. And it ended up only being 11 months and not 12, but I had you know guests come on and, and talk about their deployment journeys as well, recorded solo episodes. I tried to track at least every month, if not a couple times that month and themes that I was currently going through that I thought would be beneficial for other military spouses who were also experiencing a deployment. And, you know, I found like a small group of people. This is a very small podcast, especially I try not to get in my head with like comparisonitis and everything. But when I look at the growth since August, 2021, it is not a fast growing podcast by any means, but the people that I hear from who listen to this podcast mean everything because when they reach out and they say, Hey, I really appreciated this episode for X, Y, Z reason. 
you're doing an awesome job with this, that's, you know, that's the little bit of validation that I'm at least putting something out that some military spouse needs to hear. And even if it's only three, <laughs> just kidding. It's not just three, <laughs> but even no, if it's that's only- That's what matters the most though. That's what matters yeah, the most. It does. Yeah. And I, I wanted it to be a space where we could openly and honestly talk about what it's like to do this and to not, to not have it feel really like closed off or removed either. I think we've all met spouses who are like that, who aren't willing to share when they actually are going through a hard time. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes is of no fault of their own. They just can't get there. And there are some people who are like withholding. And I'm like, why aren't we just sharing this more often? Why aren't we just saying, this is a really shitty day for X, Y, Z reason. And all of the reasons go back to and point toward the military life experience. It's not other circumstances in your life. It is the circumstances that the military places you and your service member in. So why aren't we just calling that out and saying it when it's happening? So that was a very long winded answer. <laughs> I can't, I can't no. judge. So <laughs> yeah, me and Candace are very long winded. We're, we're the more like extroverted of the two. Mary's okay. a little more introverted. I'm just She'll... like, mm -hmm. la, 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 la. Do not let Mary fool you. I'm sure, I'm sure she's very, I don't want to say loud, but like louder about her opinions <laughs> when she knows people more. <laughs> that is true. But, yes. Yeah. But thanks for giving me a chance to just kind of like recap what it means to me to have this space. And yeah, I mean, I know that we both, all three of us sort of have this cornerstone whether it's on our podcast or what we're doing on social media or other efforts that we're partaking in to empower more military spouses. I would say my version of empowerment is building more self-awareness and emotional honesty. How would you guys categorize what type of empowerment you're hoping to give to fellow military spouses? Well, for me, I think like we kind of touched on it before, but the idea is that being part of the military life style, I guess, takes away takes a takes a lot away from you, right? When it comes to power, like it it does. Like matter of fact, we're right now we're figuring out trying to figure out where we're going to be moving to next year, right? Have no clue. Most people, you plan to move. You're moving because of a job that you accepted. You know what I mean? You're moving to be closer to family. Right now, we're just like, all right, guys, what are you going to give us, right? And <laughs> Being someone who I thank God I, I I currently work from home, but I can still be affected by potentially losing my job depending on where we get stationed, right? So my point is like the power is a lot of power is taken away from you. The idea that we try to bring to some of these spouses is how do you get some of that power back? And that's in terms of you taking charge of your life, recognizing that you can create that path for yourself, but trying to provide those tools and that that change in mindset that allows you to get there because like I told you before if you if <laughs> it's so easy it's so easy to kind of just fall into okay well this is what it's going to be all right this is what I have to do okay and then I feel like years go by and then you look up and you're like oh my god like what did I do you know did I take advantage of this time did I do these things do that you know whatever you look back and you 
I hate to say regret some things, but our whole point is to try to allow the spouses to hear some of the, like I said, some of the journeys of other people, but also provide them with some tools and resources to take those next steps they need to take to really start pushing towards their passion and figuring out how they create their own space within the military life instead of mm-hmm. uh, just allowing the military life to happen to you, make it work for you, find a way to make it work for you because there are ways you just, you just got to work for it. That's just the problem. You get, it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff you got to dig through, you know, but you'll get there if you have that motivation to do that. Yeah. And just to add to that, just empowering what empowerment means for me, for myself is just, reminding others and myself that you know you have your own identity outside of being a military spouse because I think a lot of times we get so wrapped up in you know oh yeah my husband he's you know x y and z oh yeah he does this and there are and there are some spouses who actually feel entitled if we're being honest feel entitled and you know wear their husband's rank on their sleeve as if they're out there in the field now, don't get me wrong, we, as military spouses, you know, we we do have a, you know, hard job at home, but getting outside of that and knowing that you had these dreams and goals before you became a military spouse and being able to continue to pursue those, your own wants and needs outside of just being a military spouse. Yeah, I think the, the power imbalance that you both were speaking to and, and getting that taken away from you or control, however you want to put that. <laughs> it's so prevalent and it doesn't even matter if, I don't know if y'all have heard me talk about this before, but I'm a late career male spouse. So I didn't meet my husband until he was 10 years in. I had a master's degree. I was on my way to like do my own career, blah, blah, blah. Like you can guess what happens next. <laughs> and you know, all the transitions and pivots that, that had to happen. But then there's also like, you know, the other side of that coin where a spouse has tracked the entire trajectory of their spouse's career and has been by their side for that entire length of time. And I think what is true for both scenarios and any kind of story in between is that that power and control is not slowly stripped away. It is like, it's yanked. And it feels like a rug, like being pulled out from under you and trying to describe that to friends and family who, you know, don't have any military experience and, you know, they, they want to hear your story. They want to hear why things are so hard because all they're seeing is like the highlight reel and you're, you're trying to give them the behind the scenes. Like right now, for example, just moved to Rome, Italy very blessed to be here. It's an incredible opportunity. And also it doesn't feel like that every day. (laughs) It does not feel like an opportunity every day. So anytime you try to like enter that behind the scenes type conversation and like, Hey, this is how it really is. I think I've been met with so much like toxic positivity and resistance in just saying what you both said, Candace and Mary, like, power and control is ripped away from you. You don't have it. So how do you create that space for yourself again, where you are taking it back and where you, mm-hmm. you feel more empowered and in control of your own life circumstances. And it's, 
it's a huge process and it's not, it's never going to be like an overnight thing, which is funny because <laughs> the power and the control, like was an overnight thing almost. It was like whoop, gone, but gaining it back and learning about yourself again and learning how to become fulfilled is just, I don't know. I guess I just don't even know where to start <laughs> with that. Cause I've been in that process for like seven years now and it's still not, it's by no means over. It's not like here's the five steps and then you've got it. It's, it's continual. So I think it just gets really messy. I don't know if any of that made sense. <laughs> no, I think you said that perfectly. Cause as I'm saying, at least I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you are absolutely right in terms of how it is it, it stripped away from you. And it takes so much more time to build that back up. And I feel like, and even going back to what you were saying about the friends and family, like, I'm like, where did this whole glamorous lifestyle for, for the military come from that people just think, like, I have people who think that, oh, you know, oh, I'm not going to say that they think that, you know, you're financially rich or something, but it's almost like, do, have you checked? Have you checked? Right. Oh, I've gotten. Like you, you, you're making more than me right now. You're making more than us. Okay, listen. <laughs> yeah, and I would say I would say I don't know that I can relate to that specifically. My husband has been on the officer track since the beginning of his career, and so I. Oh, understand. it's time to go, Candace. It's time to go. She I'm sorry. <laughs> I understand the the financial differences, oh, yeah. but I haven't like. I haven't experienced that myself, but I'm always going to advocate and say how messed up it is when a service member is barely making anything. And then the spouse like can't work because they do relocate frequently or are experiencing back-to-back right. -back deployments or back-to-back -back TDYs and it makes it impossible. And there's children and there's things to take care of. And so then like they're unemployed, even though they could be employed. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole, it's a whole system <laughs> that we're talking about here that yeah. disadvantages more than advantages, I guess. And shoot, I lost my train of thought. Someone, someone get me oh. back. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I was gonna say early on, like, especially early <clears throat> on, like, being young and I know when, when we were had to go down to being a, a one income family and my <clears throat> I had just had my daughter, like it was tight. It was tight. Like we're in a much better position now because like I said, I'm working and he's been in for some time now, you know, so things are way better now. But early on, like both me and Mary are both similar to the spouses that you mentioned earlier who have been with our husbands since they enlisted. And so that journey like I feel the struggle of young military members who first get in because it's it's like I've I've known families who were on food stamps you know when they're as a, as their military member is serving and, and being deployed and they have to you know they're relying on food stamps and I understand that that's still a help but it's just a fact that I'm like that should they even be in a position where they qualify for that you know what I'm saying like to think about what their military members actually out there doing should they even be in that financial group to even qualify for those type of benefits mainly meaning I need think saying they need to be paid more but but yeah so I forgot where I was going with that <laughs> I mean no but that's so real if speaking of that because not a lot of people you know the civilian civilian world they don't realize like food insecurity within the military is huge mm -hmm. yeah it is really huge and 
sometimes it's the service member wondering what people would think about them that they don't go and get the help and the resources that they need to provide for their family. So well, because they're talked about more. <laughs> yeah, they're under the same mindset too of like I'm doing everything for everything in my power for this country, and yet I cannot bring dinner home right now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not to get like too deep into food insecurity, but I just want to say that I love that it's a topic online more and more in the last year. And it's so, it's, it's heart wrenching. And also I love that more and more spouses are taking that platform and they're running with it. And it's getting to like the highest levels of governments of like, this is a serious issue. (laughs) Why is no one, why is no one addressing this? So and I, yeah, I don't remember how we got, how we got there either. Both, both me and Candace were like, well, let's talk about this for a second. And then, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and I know we started off just talking about that journey from having the power ripped away and then talking about the, how families and friends kind of view the military life. And we're like, that's not Oh, you, real. I know what it was. We were talking about highlight reels and you were like, I don't know why people have this vision of military life being so glamorous. And then we were like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about what's behind the curtain of this, like, (laughs) glamour. (laughs) Okay, so now we we got it, we got it, we got it. But I think part of the reason why people think military life is so glamorous is because there are spouses out there who make it seem that way. Because they're not willing to be honest about the struggles and just to be transparent when shit is blowing up and everything Mm -hmm. is wrong and, like, everything sucks. And maybe they're just like living a more charmed version of military life, or they're just not facing, they're just keeping themselves from facing that themselves of how hard it is. And so why would they do that for other people online, like to the people who are following them? I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of like bloggers, I think in particular, I think there are like so many more blog posts and really helpful resources and tips. And here's how to get yourself out of X, Y, Z situation. If you find yourself in that, there's way more of that. But I do think there was this stigma surrounding military wives in particular. This was before, you know, the military finally started recognizing that there are male and non-binary spouses, which is a whole other thing anyway. But back when it was just like, I'm a military wife and I started a blog, like it just, it was so, I don't know, cringy to me because it was like, we get to move here, we get to move there. And it's like, you're not even going to talk about the actual PCS and how it almost ripped your family apart or like how this was too much pressure to do after a deployment or how you didn't even want to move to that place in the first place because you've never been there before and you hate it. (laughs) Yes, that's real. Yeah. I think, I think so many, there's so many spouses who I believe feel like they have to kind of put on because of sometimes because of their, well, I'm, I'm referring right now to women and I guess I should open it up more, but I'm being more specific to women because that's my experience of the ones that I've interacted with who their husbands have been in, have certain ranks or certain positions and they have, they feel like they, it's almost like being like the first lady, right? Mm -hmm. You, you have to smile, you have to look nice and pretty at all times. 
you you don't want any anybody say anything bad because you don't want that to fall back on your husband and i think that mindset has has kind of like contaminated <laughs> the military a little bit because you you will have a lot of people who don't want to speak out because they don't know how it's going to fall back on their spouse how it's going how their spouse is going to be affected by that if they if they're blogging about you know something that let's say it dealt with their husband's job or something like that, right? Or where they can come off as if they're criticizing the military. Some people aren't comfortable doing that. And it's it's sad that they feel that type of block where they can't do that, those things. But I feel like a lot of times it's, it's, there are a lot of situations where it's almost like a a pageant show or something, you know, where mm-hmm. you, you, you have to show the best of what's to offer instead of like you said showing the warts of the of the military you just you just talk about the good things oh no 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 we we don't discuss that like because you're trying to create a certain image for yourself i guess mainly for your spouse's sake i think when when, when certain people do that but no me and mary are like no y'all need to hear <laughs> the good the bad the ugly you will hear it all yes <laughs> i forewarned my husband like look listen I may say some things, just so you know. But he's at that point now. He was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's part of the reason we started podcasts too, so that we could say the things. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, "Say all the things." <laughs> yeah. We were like, if these podcasts never like you know blow up and become famous, that's fine too, because we probably said some stuff on them that maybe shouldn't be said, or other spouses would be really judgmental of because they grew up in a different era, essentially, mm-hmm. where you did have to keep that really polished, perfected version because it there is. I think Candice, you were kind of like you were almost saying it of like an era of the military before it was putting your spouse at risk if you didn't keep that image going in Mm -hmm. some way. And so I I think you're right that that's kind of like, it's still here. It's still contaminating our space, as you said, but it's also important to recognize that like we are in a different era now and we are like, post a couple more wars and so like this there's stuff is changing stuff is changing and I don't know that I can really speak to like the changes overall because I've only been doing this for seven years and so that's really not that long of time but even in the last seven years I've observed some changes and that that also went back to like the kinds of groups that I would get to know a little bit better I'd be like okay those spouses aren't really my speed They've been doing this for a really long time, but they're also not in my age group. And so that became a barrier. I also have friends who are significantly older than me and it is not a barrier. So it just like, you know, it just totally depends. But once you find the type of spouse that you really connect with, you know, there's a lot of trial and error in the beginning and you, you get whiffs of that like old era mentality and you're like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not in that. <laughs> I can't do that. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and pretend like everything's all right. I'm just not. <laughs> well, I appreciate you both coming on today and just chatting about all the things. This was so cool to get to know you two better as well. And I don't know, maybe Maybe something different will happen next year for MSOI, Mary. Candace, you too. (laughs) 
You never know. If it wasn't obvious already, everybody should go check out Candice and Mary's podcast, Shine Sis. It's awesome. There's lots of great tools and resources there. Um, really incredible conversations that they're hosting as well. And find them on the socials. Everything will be included in the show notes. And thanks for listening, y'all. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Of course. Bye. Bye. Bye.